if I die tomorrow, I hope you hear these words. I ain't here to flip no birds or sip no serve. Hope the future generations can get this urge. Stay woke, youngin', and avenge these nerds. Uh. Welcome to another awesome episode of Nerds and Rounds, guys. It's your host, Sebastian. It's your boy, Law. Your boy, Tone, from across the hall. And um, today we have another great creative series for you guys. Um, we have two great creative gentlemen who have actually worked on a bunch of great stuff. Um, they have a Kickstarter that's coming out. Um, if you guys have not already seen it out by the time this episode comes out, you should have seen it. You should have already supported it. You should already have it in your hands. Um, again, these guys are, I saw them on Michael Gracia's show and just knew that we had to get them on um, to talk to them and talk what they are doing. So I want to give it up for Christian DeMatteo and James Lyon from fugitive poems what's up guys hey hey how are you guys doing the show good it's a good hand there guys beautiful night to to talk and learn about what you guys are all about because you've got some fantastic work out there and it was a pleasure to read and very surprising and didn't didn't know where it was going i'm glad i wasn't the only one like (laughs) i'm 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 reading like look real talk i'm reading uh i'm reading part two of the river right and my son who's seven is next to me playing on his tablet and he's like and he'll he you know he knows what i do he like he peeks around and then he's like scroll up i'm like no he's like why is that guy dead i'm like because it just happened and he thinks, well, you know, you got to tell your, you got to tell the person on, he should have, you know, used the gun. I'm like, he used the laser. <laughs> Cut him in half. <laughs> like your son is critiquing our kills. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he is. Oh. No, no, no. That's not the way to do it. <laughs> so one of our. Step the game up for the next one. Oh, yeah. That's it. There we go. <laughs> Don't challenge him. I think they're going to do it. But um, <laughs> we like to always right. open up our show with our, you know, new guests that come on the show to learn for our fans and everyone out there who's listening for the first time who are meeting you guys for the first time um is what is your origin story how did you guys get involved in the world of comics i know christian you're a writer james you're an artist so whoever wants to draw draw the short straw first to go over this and by the way everyone is wearing dope shirts today um so please who wants to draw that short straw and go first (laughs) (laughs) oh cool i didn't see that one before that's awesome (laughs) Uh, uh, James, do you want to jump in with uh, your history or the history of Fugitive Poems? We, uh, Christian and I, have worked together for years, and uh, uh, not uh, not always in a uh, artistic collaboration. We uh, we we're college professors, and we have taught together at the same school. So you know, we kind of knew each other. We weren't um, super super close, just kind of acquaintances, and. Uh, uh, actually, you guys mentioned Mike Garcia. He, he worked there as well, so we kind of all knew each other then. And um, Christian had started playing around with Mike about a comic idea, and I basically stole Christian from Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, no shame. <laughs> we, uh, uh, the record version of the story. <laughs> <laughs> Christian had this great, like, epic storyline that he uh, shared with me, and uh, I, I forget, Christian, was it you that was looking for that one panel, or did I just do that? I don't know. You just did. So, uh, Mike Gracia had, Michael Gracia had gotten me involved in writing comics. I've written novels, I've written screenplays, I've written all kinds of stuff. I'm a comic lover. I grew up on comics. I had Spider-Man, by the way. 
all the way. Uh, favorite hero ever. Um, so and, uh, the movie. I, I'm sorry. You're excited for the movie then. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I, I, the, the, I will tell you, though, seeing the first, the Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire in the theaters was a ridiculously emotional experience for me. I had been waiting for so long for a movie of Spider-Man. I mean, and I just remember sitting in that theater and watching it happen. I think it's a terrific movie, but I'll never really know for sure. Because I was already in love just with the fact that there was Spider-Man on the big screen. It was so cool. Um, but so I was working with Michael on, on a, a really cool series that he had. And uh, um, James, I, and then I had another idea. I had an idea that was my own comic story. And normally my ideas come in books. They come in, in screenplays. This just happened. And I, I wrote it. And uh, uh, James got his hands on it. So he got he sees this. And the next day, he comes in with the first ever panel of my work that's been drawn. Ooh. Like, I'd never seen that before. And it was this character, Pamela, walking down the street. And I had said okay. in the script that her, she's got a red scarf trailing behind her that looks like a scarf, but it needs to later look like blood. It's because it's, it's doing some double duty here. Well, he nailed that. And he's got these mannequins on the side and they're creepy as hell. And it's almost like the mannequins in the store window are watching her walk down the street. And he freaking got it. He got it. He understood what I was going for and took it to another place. And that really is our, our relationship. Uh, that really is what I, I come up with these ideas and I give them to James and James not only makes them real, but they they end up on this next level. He brings so much more to them. He sees this other depth, and our own psychosis sort of plays against uh, plays off each other really well for building these up, which is what you guys were were noticing about River and Distributary. <laughs> so that was uh, let's see, almost like six years ago. My how time flies. Uh, <laughs> you know, we I I didn't have a lot of experience with comics. Before Christian, um, it was just, it, it was never really my thing. I didn't have, you know, an older brother that read them or anything. Mm -hmm. I was always into uh, more of like, uh, an I had an illustration background. And, uh, you know, if I was talking about my inspiration, it was always like old rock and roll covers and so forth. And uh, that kind of thing. And, I, you know, I, I have, you know, I've gone to school for animation and so forth. So uh, animation and illustration. So, you know, I, I had the the skill sets, but not, not really the sequential animation skill set so much. So, so that's kind of what we've been working on. Uh, we sort of did, uh, I think about 10 pages of that Finnis, uh, let me, let me pull um, up. Okay. Comic. Yeah. Right. There it is. Yeah. That's that, that's that first panel. And I gotta say, I'm, I am a big fan of your artwork with the lines and everything here it's just it i don't know man you have this style that it just it, it has this how do i say um this really like 80s pop this rock star pop um and it just has this real smooth like animation feel to it because it's it's like it's you can definitely see feel the animation in these still images like they're they are really coming to life here 
that that shot of the cab flying in that you got on the left there right now. This is all from the first from the first issue. Uh, And um, (laughs) there she is. There is so much that happens. And James got it. And the intensity of it that he put into it. And this this that was it. I mean, that, that was it. We were working together after that. It's a, it's such a it has this um this cell shading too to it. This this what you do with the colors and everything, and then the, again this line where it's like um I'm a big fan of cell shading, like how the style works and all that. Um, because I feel like it pops out in a lot of artwork. I've seen it done in Borderlands. I've seen it done with one of um well Christian with one of um Spider Man shows and james again i'm um i am a big fan of like what your style and everything here again the the shadows how it's complimented the line work and everything it just again these images are really brought to life here for those who are seeing this can i can you can you scroll down to that bottom one again i I gotta point something out this girl and the subway car so there's for those of you listening to the podcast there's a uh, image here of uh through the subway doors uh, pre-pandemic, everybody really close to each other. The guy in the right window on the right side is our main character, the guy with the glasses. The girl with her hand up against the glass is freaking nobody. James drew her in. He And I looked the first time he showed me this, I was just like, well, shit, now I got to write a story for her. <laughs> no, I, it feels it feels because like you look at it and like the panel, the, the it draws me to her. It feels like we're we're looking at her and where your main character is behind that other lady in front of him, and he's just kind of looking down, doing the thing. We're all looking at her phones, right? Yeah. I mean, and, I I I was like, I have to make her a character now. She's already alive. And the other thing too, it's such a New York thing. Unless um, if you've grown up in New York and rode the subway. I you don't see many people draw that detail, and that's a very exclusive detail for those who've rode on the subway, knowing that yeah, it's packed. I gotta hold on to something, and it's just it's it's a real beautiful. Like she does become the focal point, but it's a very beautiful detail. You wouldn't yeah. know people actually do that if unless you lived in New York. <laughs> yeah, the, also the fact like another detail in New York is the fact that no one is looking at each other. <laughs> like yeah. there's just this cardinal rule of not looking don't at other eye contact. don't make <laughs> eye contact and you notice it in the panel that everyone is looking in their own directions in their own space in their own worlds while they're all in this thing like fucking sardines exactly. it's it definitely there's, there's, captures also least, that uh, there's also at least three subway freaks on there too so <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to look at those guys yeah yeah yeah, yeah definitely so, um, i live when i went to i went to pratt so i lived down in uh uh Brooklyn for like five years, so I spent a lot of time okay. in the subway, like right off the class and exit. That's a whole ah, podcast right ah, there. Yeah. That's a whole <laughs> podcast right there. <laughs> so you guys didn't like make your start in comics. How how easy was it to jump into comics once you guys found like you guys work really well together? Like that first panel, it was just like, oh snap! You have my idea and you ran with it. Let's go. How was it like afterwards, like continuing forward to like have all these ideas for all these stories? We're 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 working on it. We're doing it. We're it's you know, we're part of this incredible indie community. That's a great question because we're still answering it. Uh, The fact is, 
I, let me say, I think that we're incredibly lucky to work together. But before I can say that, I have to say that I, specifically as the writer, am perfect. No, uh, I am <laughs> incredibly <laughs> lucky to have partnered up with James because one of the biggest struggles for writers in the comic game is finding someone to draw their shit. <laughs> yes. Really, it's just like, I got 40 scripts here. And the artists are like, yeah, so pay me. <laughs> and um, James wanted to draw this stuff. And then we, we clicked and our ideas clicked and this friendship, this brotherhood clicked and we formed a company. And I am so hyper aware that I'm outlandishly lucky that I've got someone who's going to draw my stuff, right? And not just draw it. He's not being sent to commission and sending it back and being like, dude, this is what you wanted, right? He's, we're actively creating together. Once I send him a script and he starts drawing, the script is now ours. Because it's this Ruiz, fat Ruiz in distributary. His, his look is all James. James just got this idea in his head that this guy should be a grotesquery carrying an absurd guy. <laughs> I, I, so I just, what what was the what so when we see him and my man jumping into tits, it now? My man's tits are popping out of <laughs> Yes, yes. Like like where did where did that come? Like, was that just like a sprinkle? Like this guy is so off the end, like doesn't care that I'm gonna have it felt like you know, like you know, just like it just felt like I'm gonna do this. And like, got, where did that come from? I, no. gotta put, I gotta put that at Christian's feet. That was that was his idea. <laughs> so it was supposed, supposed to be that you know he's from the future. So Ruiz in River Ones, you know, 18, 19, 20, somewhere around there. Young, uh, like tough guy, drug dealer. He comes back, you know, through the time machine, and he's what 40, 50 years old. So he's had a lot of time and a lot of uh you know, a, 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 a lot of time to be gluttonous and um, and change things up. But the uh, the uh, the cutouts in the in the jacket that was Christian's idea. It was just a <laughs> random idea. He does that to me all the time. He'll put that stuff in scripts, and I'm like, you know, how how do I leave that out now that he said it? I mean, it's not possible. <laughs> oh, it so he just it, slides it across the table. Actually, Come on, look in. Uh, distributary in the trip scene where uh, that we got the kids out in front of the quickie mart and then they're tripping out and this on the second page there's another guy with that jet with the suit jacket on with his his uh, his his uh, tits out but uh, <laughs> he's all like buff and looks like a superhero sort of character he's earned so, it so that's, I was just gonna tell you he's earned get get your best suit tomorrow Get your scissors out. <laughs> you, I have created future fashion. Oh, it's man. Two rectangles. Oh, it, it, it just it reminded me of that South Park episode when they go to the cable guy and he whips it out and starts touching his nipples because of all the customers oh, complaining. Like, that's but like it also adds to the character, right? Like it adds to what this guy's about and how much of a just a monster that he is. Like just yeah. does not care about how his outwardly appearance is because he has all this power and all this 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 time machine under his control and coming out with this laser gun doesn't care. It's so it it adds to the character. It feels like you can't take it away now. It's just a it's a it's a thing. Just the uh, I'm I'm thinking of some of the conversations we have. Uh, 
the person will remain nameless, but uh, I had a big argument with this person about what tits would look like when they come through a slot. So I was like, no, it, it, it's like you're sticking your tit through a, uh, a mail uh, through a mail slot. That's what it looks like. And, and uh, they're like, no, no, it would be all kind of bunched up on there. I was like, no, 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 no. This is like, this is like man boobs. They're all yeah. floppy and nasty. Floppy man like, boobs. Yeah, there's no, there is no structure. It's just fat yeah. just coming out. Like we, we promise this episode is not about floppy man boobs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Then I'm leaving. <laughs> I only can do oh, that. Oh, my God. We can well, go there. Steve, it was also a great start, guys. <laughs> It, it popped into my head while I was writing. I was trying to think, what do people look like in the future? What would future fashion be? And I'm always so intrigued. You know, the fashion that you see on the runways, you would never wear to the office. No. Right. Because a girl in a cellophane dress. Right. But the the idea is that they get their most extreme concepts out and then they start norming them down to something that'll sell. But it'll be interesting. Where did the idea, how did it like spark in your head, this this book that you worked with James and everything, where where did the idea come from? So the, the this, I, I went to see Deadpool 2 at the uh, Alamo Draft House in Yonkers, New York, uh, which is where I grew Good. up, actually. Not in the Alamo Draft House, but in Yonkers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, One can only wish. Very close. Well, actually, I kind of grew up in the theater they took over. We were working on Finnis, and I, the guy introducing the movie was like the vice president of marketing at Marvel, and he was handing out you know comics and whatnot. So at the end of the movie, I go up to him. I say, hey, I got a question for you about pitching, and I, I just watched his entire asshole clench up in terror and fear, and I'm like, I am not about to pitch to you, I promise. I said, how do two unknowns pitch a comic to image or, or boom or whatever. Uh, and, uh, and he, I watched him relax a little bit <laughs> and I said, here's it. None. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> That's where you get them. <laughs> so he said, don't put your baby out there. He said, what you want to do is get a job writing comics for another company. I swear that's what he said to me. And I just looked at him and he went, right. Yeah, that's right. That's not a good answer. <laughs> it's one of those, well, in order to be known, you need to be known. It's like, thanks. Uh, if you want to get published, you need to be published. Thanks. So mm -hmm. as a writer, I've been hearing this my whole life, right? So he said, well, so you need to get a following online, put out some mini comics, put out some short stuff, get people that are paying attention to you and blah, blah, blah. So that night I went and wrote a comic. Like that night I went home and angrily wrote a script. <laughs> and I sent it to James and James was like, all right, I think I've seen this before. And I was like, fine. And I angrily uh, wrote another. And I just started churning out these four, five, six, eight page scripts. I'm like, if we can pop these out, we can get a following, we can get attention, we have a portfolio to show people. And I didn't know the comic community yet at that point. I was still learning that on Twitter and um, just trying to figure it all out. But this specific story, River, was one of the first I wrote. I came back to my office and I had to, I, so I do this thing with my students called One Sentence Stories. 
and I'll give them I'll give them a prompt of some kind. Write me a one sentence story somehow involving uh, a pair of glasses. And, you know, okay, I I have a pair of glasses. I'm like, that's terrific. That's no one wants to read that. (laughs) You do something with that now. Where are the glasses? Are the glasses doing anything surprising? Are they somewhere? Right. So that's how I teach creative. So what happens is we'll come up with a whole bunch of them in a row and I'll have them tallied up. And I'll say, okay, we got 10 of them here. Who can write me a one sentence story, grammatically correct one sentence story with all 10 of these terms in it? And anything I challenge them to do, I do. River came out of that. Um, I, river came up on the, on the board. The, the words came up. I came to James. I said, I got to tell you this story. So what do you think of this? And he said that, oh, did you, you found it. Yeah, it's, you have a you got a blog post because, but I I would be remiss because I know you right here that you did not want to say what your story was, but I feel like I need to ask you what your story was based off these words. I'm trying to remember. Sentence. I did <laughs> give it up somewhere. <laughs> uh, maybe I I did give it up somewhere, and I'm gonna have to find that for you. All I right, thought cool. I had it here, but those so those are the words. Backpack pants, horse beard, Doctor Raid, Snow Dog, Key and Corpse, and this. I came oh. up with the, the the police at the scene, the aftermath of the drug war in the snow, and they find heads in the refrigerator. And James is like, write that. And I did. Yeah, the, the, the line that I remember is he came up with the guy holding his own head. He pulled his own head out of the refrigerator. And, of course, being a visual guy, I immediately pictured that. The same image, which is page eight or nine or whatever, of River. You know what? How iconic is that to have someone like staring themselves in the face, their their own head wrapped in cellophane that they've just taken out of a crime scene uh, uh, refrigerator? Like that's awesome. You got to write that. We got to we got to turn that into something. So that's how we kind of uh, started that idea, and then just you know, Christian write a story about it. And that was a crazy panel for me when I got to that panel. I was like, oh, oh, okay. (laughs) That also answered my other question about, like, did you know where it was going before, like, you guys, you know, conceptualize it? What's what's funny is I I actually drew that panel first. That was the first thing that we had. So we kind of worked back. Based on my draw of it. <laughs> Which is one of James's favorite things. Is I'm like, dude, here's what I'm picturing. He's just like, give me that. I'm keeping that because I draw. <laughs> I cannot draw at all. I got it. Not the picture. I got the story. Okay. So, and believe it or not, this is one grammatically correct sentence. Days after the bloody raid, the dogs still sniff the snow, finding bullet-riddled bodies, backpacks, and duffel bags full of heroin, cocaine, and meth. And finally. In the pants of one corpse, the keys opening the compound's many padlocked refrigerators where, behind half-eaten sandwiches and six packs of beer, we found the staring, pale heads of seven rival drug lords. Ooh. So that was, that's what I got. That's a sentence and a half. Yo. (laughs) Grammatically correct, one sentence. (laughs) So I tell James, I tell him that, and he's like, wow, we start going back and forth, which is what we do. And it's amazing how well it works. And I've never had this relationship with anybody, this kind of creative where we're just instantly connecting and clicking and, and, and 
somehow, and I don't even know where it came from, one of us is like, what if he's holding his own head? It's really amazing about working with Christian. He'll say the same thing as as soon as we started talking about any of this stuff, literally like sparks start flying. It's just say every time we get together and talk about things, I, you know, I'm an, I, an older person now, <laughs> been around for many years and I have never had a partner or, you know, teammate on a, you know, creative endeavor or anything who has inspired me like he does. And it's, it's just, it's absolutely insane that uh, we kind of, we kind of finish each other's sentences and, you know, it's, it's, it's really almost kind of bizarre how we kind of sync up, you know, we'll be texting each other and he's like, Oh, it's just about to text the exact same thing. And uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really weird how we sync up. Well, sometimes it actually happens. Where we descend, the I get a message from him that I've just sent, and it's like <laughs> word for word. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, I feel exactly the same way. It is the best creative relationship. You I've just ever have the same in. sort of twisted mind. Yeah. Hey, listen. When I said I wanted to slice a dude's face off, uh, James came back with science. Like, because of James, now, I don't know about you guys. I have terrible allergies. Because of James, whenever my allergies are acting up. I now know exactly where my sinuses are because he drew them <laughs> on poor Bob when he cut off Bob's face. And I'm like, oh, shit, are they really that high? I <laughs> mean, like, I, I got to say, like, you know, the the grisliness of those two comics that you guys have and, like, the detail, because we've all seen gory detail, and I'm a huge fan of, like, gory detail and, and comic. Like, James, you do such a fantastic job of really showing the the – just what can happen with these with these advanced futuristic weapons and you really feel for it like when the guy's head cut like his face comes off and then you see it and you see like all the layers in his skull and his brain and all this and then he plops on the floor and it's all kind of just pouring out and then what happens to the the other woman when she kind of gets obliterated too you put so much emphasis on it it's it's great so there's another story i want to deep dive into and it's a one pager that you guys did and let me bring it up here. So it's a story called Backdoor to Paradise. Oh. So what led to the creation of this fun, disturbed one pager that you <sighs> did right here? <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Um, so <clears throat> Doug Wood is this awesome guy who's making comics, and he's just full-on indie making comics, and he is there, and you can talk to him. His last project was Project Big Hype. Uh, he's shipping Ultramax today. Like My copy is in the mail. He's making comics, and he's making moves, and he just formed the Phoenix Collective, and he's such a great guy. Uh, I, I started talking to him online and, uh, and, so, and asking for tips. All right, so what are we... You know, anyone that you can, uh, you know, anyone I should be talking to about blah, 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 and just trying to get be more part of the indie community. He invited us into the comicjam.com. And the comicjam.com is, is amazing. Uh, uh, Casey Allen, Kevin Lintz, Summer uh, Steinhard, Alex Z, I don't remember his last name, but Casey Allen is really the guy. He's got the Voodoo Child Kickstarter going right now uh, with Pete Woods. Um, they're all guys making indie comics, all people making indie comics. And every week, the, the members of the comic jam is a big group of people put out prompts. And then we all vote one wins 
And every week you write a script if you want it. So as a writer, this week they just announced the prompt is uh, murder mystery. So by Sunday, I got a hand in a one-page comic script for murder mystery. And it could be anything I want to do with that, right? It has to be one page. And I got to tell you, learning how to write a one-page comic was its own thing because you don't have, you know, you don't have the page flip reveal, right? You keep all your secrets on page on even number of pages. <laughs> so if yeah. you can't do that, how do you surprise people? Because they're going to see everything right away. So the key is to write it so that what they see doesn't matter to them until they've read the last line. And that's what I figured out. That So he got, he got James and I into the comic jam. We met so many awesome people. A bunch of them are in this anthology. I mean, just like the creme de la creme of the indie comic community. The week that that came out, so this is weird. That week, the prompt was comics in rhyme. I am not a big poetry guy. I love it, but it's not something. It's one of the things I don't write very often. I had a publish, uh, a published poem. Is that how you say that? I had a poem published on uh, the organic poet, and that was odd because I don't normally do it. A week before this prompt came out, the line popped into my head. Satan called me to your doorstep in the ginger dawn to read the hobo hieroglyphs. And I didn't know what to do with it after that. So I'd had it open on the computer and I kept fucking around and throwing another line here. And then it got worse with every line I added. <laughs> the prompt comes out comics and rhyme and the whole thing comes to me, the poem. And I, I realized I wanted to mix in the rhymes. I wanted the dialogue to be part of the rhymes so that, and uh, um, what I wanted to do was make uh, was make a sequel to Milton's Paradise Lost. Like, totally pretentious. A one-page comic <laughs> answer to Milton's fucking opus. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm a totally... That's a, that's a, bold, that's a bold move, Cotton. See how this plays out. <laughs> totally, I'm totally humble like that, right? And uh, I, I also wanted it to be, like, the most metal pro jesus thing ever like i wanted these really <laughs> fucked up demons and there's jesus in the middle of it <laughs> james caught that perfectly because again and looking at the artwork on this it's just dude again this this strip this one page right here is just it's it's like watching a horror movie on one page it's just very very oh, wow. creepy that's awesome um, thank you D yeah. dude Again. This one was my favorite. We've only done a couple, but this this was the first one we did, and uh, it's a real favorite of mine because uh, you know it's so new. What's cool? I mean, uh, the artists out there, the comic artists, know that this stuff takes so long to do, and uh, to get this page out, have it out there, and have people look at it, and have it be a contained story is is so cool. As you know, I I love doing all the big long storylines too, but it's so cool to be able to just do that one panel and have people appreciate it and, and see it and uh, get it, get all that story out. It was very, uh, I, I can't say enough good things about comic jam. It's a great, uh, uh, great place to be. You learn so much. And uh, Christian gets once a week for the storylines. They give us five weeks for the, uh, for the panels. So they, they're a little more um, uh, lenient with us, you know, cause you, you know, you gotta have a lot more time to build that up. But uh, that, that was so much fun to make. And, you know, I just wish I had more hours in the day to be able to do all that stuff now. 
right now I'm working on the uh, our submission for the anthology. So we've been kind of uh, Christian's been continuing to do them, but he's been doing them with other artists on it. So so let I got to say this to go back to what we said earlier. Well, I'm sorry. Did I just interrupt you? No, no. I was going to say that was a perfect segue to the anthology, but good. It is, and I'm going to ruin it because I got it. <laughs> <laughs> up the flow of the entire show. <laughs> uh, I got to go back to what we talked about, about how our minds work together. I'm writing this script, and again, I got a week to write this script. So I'm, I'm working quick on it. The, the poem came quickly, but I had to figure out the imagery. Something was wrong with my, I had a word in my head that for some reason, it just wasn't, it wasn't co coalescing into anything. It was dust bowl. And I didn't know why I, why I couldn't grab why, why I wanted that. I write this, it takes place in the modern era. And I had like, I made the car like a, a Chrysler something or other. James. So Cadillac, 2008 Cadillac CTS. Good man. James emails me and he's like, this is so fucking boring. Can we make it a better car? Can't we put it in another time period? And he says it. And I really, he said, like, at the same time, why the word Dust Bowl was in my head. I was picturing this. He says, can we get, like, a car from the 30s? And I'm like, while I was writing it, and I was writing it to take place now, but in my brain, it was all in the 30s, in like an abandoned farmhouse that just the economy had collapsed. But I never was able to pull that out. It was like he knew and he or he just knew what was right. And the whole I said, give me the script back. To read yeah, the, the thing that stuck out to me was hobo hieroglyphs. That's actually a thing. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, when I heard hobo, you know, people don't call them that now. To me, that sounded like. You know, back in the day when people were jumping trains and, uh, you know, jumping on trains and uh, going across country trying to find work and so forth. So that's that's why I associated back with that time. I'm a big, uh, big fan of cars and so forth. So I was like, oh, it's got to be a thin Lizzie. It's got to be an old Model T that they kind of dug out. You know, it's, a, it's an older model, but, you know, it was, you know, that was back in the day when people used to have to kind of put cobble things together and keep them going and so forth because uh, the way the economy was. So that's why I came up with the Dust Bowl idea rather than the the cat the modern Cadillac. It didn't seem to have the same, you know, the same push to it, you know, that sort of period piece. I'm a, I'm a big fan of like historical fiction and so forth. So that's why I came up with the idea. Nice. Hobo hieroglyphs. You can look that up. <laughs> I actually gonna... gave Christian a hard time. I was like, who's going to know about hobo hieroglyphs? Doesn't matter. I'm going to put it <laughs> the put them in there anyways. <laughs> He's like, the smart ones will look it up. There we go. That's literally tone. Tone is like, that sounds interesting. I'm going to lord that. I'm going to lord yep. up. Yep. Oh, what am I, I doing? I've staying already... up at two in the morning, reading on Wikipedia? <laughs> what I'm... In... Like I, you know, off off key, we were we were me and my wife were watching Doctor Death, and I went down like a whole hour long of going down neurology, the residents residents of neurology, how long it takes. I'm like, I don't know why I need this, but I needed to know <laughs> now, while I'm in bed at three in the morning. So you, get, you know, <laughs> you get Tony on lore. That's yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, a little yeah. little little nuggets there, but uh, you know, so since Christian still fucked up the segue, we're still gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> we're still gonna go and. And I think this is a fantastic time that for us to talk about your anthology, 
uh, containment breach. So could you just give us a little bit about how, how that idea kind of came together and what you were trying to do and, uh, you know, giving back to the writing community that's embraced you both. That's huge for us. Uh, the, the indie comics community is so open and so cool. We wanted to do something where we could all signal boost and we're not at a place where we can, we're, we're, we're doing this for love. Right. But if we can signal boost and that's really what it was about. So last year, last March, I'm joking around with uh, Matt Queen on Twitter. I always forget if it's at Matt J Queen or at Matt R Queen, but try both. The one that's an artist, that's who I'm talking about. <laughs> the other one's a pornographer. Don't say that. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's the same guy. Both are artists <laughs> in their own right. <laughs> Um, we, he, he complimented somebody's art. She said it was the first portrait she'd ever done. He said, that's amazing. The first portrait I ever did looked like a chewed up piece of bubble gum fighting pencil shavings. And I jumped right in and I said, dude, you got to draw that now. <laughs> Five minutes later, he's drawn it and it's awesome. It's really cool. And so I said, well, dude, now you got to write a comic about it. Uh, and I got to draw a comic about him. So I felt bad. So I then wrote a four or six panel. I don't remember comic right into Twitter. Like I just typed the panels right into Twitter. Here's your story. Little four panel thing. Right. Well, he never saw it because he was already off to the races. He was writing a six page noir about a piece of gum, gumshoe detective <laughs> trying to find the missing husband of a pencil. And he just <laughs> went <laughs> then he sees later he puts this up and i'm like what and i said and of course i'm a dick and i'm like yeah but you didn't do mine right well then <laughs> i see your six page new r epic and i raise you my four panel idiocy <laughs> so he did that and i said to him i said matt how quick do we think we could put an anthology together? Everyone's doing these anthologies. Everyone needs a way to exercise these demons right now. Let's do an anthology about quarantines. And I got, I actually spoke to him on the phone. There's rare moments on Twitter where you actually talk to a human being at some point. Uh, and um, we had a couple other people that we were talking to. Uh, uh, Peter Paul Smith, who, at Purple Smurf 13. Uh, John Jack, uh, John, at John Batusi Jack. Uh, and uh, and uh, uh, old buddy of mine, uh, one of my best friends, uh, Michael Flanagan. And I said, guys, let's do this. Let's put it together. And I mean, with not knowing our asses from our elbows, we put the zine together. And that was really the vibe of it. We went for a zine. Uh, there's comics, there's essay, there's essay I wrote in there. There's different stuff, just stuff that was happening during quarantine. James, a bunch of pinups from James, different uh, Cap, Cap and COVID, his terrifying clown disease character. Uh, right. We put a bunch of stuff in there so that you could get a real experience. It's 50 pages for $2.99 on, on Comicsology, right? But we didn't know. Well, James had to lay out the entire thing. He laid out the entire magazine. That was a learning curve, right? Getting all the work together. But we decided we wanted to play. We wanted this to be fun. So we came up with Quarantine Chronicles. Everyone's story had to somehow involve a quarantine. And not this quarantine, just the concept of quarantine, right? And then each team came up with a prompt. 
So we came up with virus at the zoo and we gave that to Mike and John. Uh, and then uh, uh, Peter and uh, Matt came up with, uh, <laughs> he wrote us like, Matt wrote us like two paragraphs. He's like, and at the end he was like, or take whatever you want. And I had been very specific about tiny prompts. So I just took like, I lifted a sentence out of it. It was a high profile bomb placement mission that has to be aborted because of quarantine. It's the shortest version I can give you. Um, and then uh, Mike and John gave them better to sleep alone. And so now we had the umbrella quarantine concept. And then you somehow had to work in somehow how much was up to you, the prompt you were given by another team. So nothing was, no, no one was pulling a story out of a drawer that they'd written years ago, right? Mm. And that's what we did. And we all, let's see if we can create it like Matt and I did really quick, quick online. And, and we did it. Uh, and then Comixology, we had no idea that it was a big deal uh, to be accepted by Comixology. What was the deal with that, James? How, what happened there? Because we were like ready to roll. So, yeah, we, um, I, you know, not being comic, I was like, what's Comixology? So he, he showed me what it was. And um, we, neither of us, you know, both of us being like creative buffoons, neither of us did our, our research. So we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll get it up on comicsology. So we uh, yeah, we got this whole thing together and we told everyone, oh, yeah, we'll get it. We'll get it up on comicsology. And then we uh, actually the, the day that I submitted it, I did like a Google search to see, all right, how long is this going to take? Two days, three days. And I, I started looking around on Google and they're like, oh, this this process can take up to like six months. And we were like, I was like, oh my God, he told all these guys that we were going to be right up there and stuff. So um, we, uh, we got lucky, like with my background, you know, I, I've done print work and stuff. So I kind of was able to overcome a lot of the hoops that I, or kind of problems that I think a, an amateur comics person might come up with. I kind of knew all that stuff going in. So I was able to put the layout together well. So it, it ended up only taking about two weeks, but um, that's 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 how we ended up you know, um, on Comicsology, and we also put it out on a thing called Gumroad. Um, well, I panicked when you came back with you know, seventeen years from now we'll have our first comic out, right? But based on your research, <laughs> so I panicked. <laughs> I reached out to uh, to Frankie White, another incredible person that we met. Uh, he is uh, go on Amazon and get 20 fists. Holy crap. It's so freaking good. Uh, the he wrote it. Uh, the uh, cat. Oh, I'm blanking on the artist's name. Crap. Cat. I think, it, come to I me. think that's up on Comicsology too, right? It is. But now it's on Amazon. It got picked up by a publisher. It is a sort of uh, surreal or not really but hyper real. Imagine the Warriors with a lesbian Romeo and Juliet storyline in a in a in a world where uh, these sort of roaming fight clubs exist. Twenty fifths. It is so good, and he's incredible. He just got uh, Starla Starless D uh, Daydream. Uh, yeah, Starless Daydream by da Dauntless Stories just picked it up. Dauntless also just picked up Matt Battaglia's Ghost of the Carousel, and Matt's in our new book, and Ghost of the Carousel is badass. So there's, there are these guys that I was talking to that they're starting to really move up, and they're awesome about keeping that community tight and together. So I go to Frankie, and I'm like, we said we we're going to have this out. Where else can I publish? And he told us about Gum Road. 
and we got Gumroad, and um, Gumroad was a great resource. Uh, Comicsology takes about 102% of your profit. Uh, <laughs> estimating I think that's one of the things people don't know is how much Comicsology takes. Yeah, you know? yeah. Gumroad takes like 5%. And uh, so we were selling there for a while. And then all of a sudden, James calls me up and he's like, holy shit, we're on Comicsology. <laughs> Yeah, it was actually a quick turnaround. We were really excited about that because, uh, you know, once I once I did that initial Google search, I was like, oh, yeah, let me, you know, there's a lot of horror stories out there that people take, you know, take six months for it to get up there and so forth. Or you just don't get accepted at all. So we were, we got pretty lucky that we got it in. And you know, it like I said, it's just it's just because I had some print experience to be able to kind of overcome some stuff that you know, I think, you know, in, including some of the guys that sent in artwork to us and stuff, I was able to format their artwork properly and get it all out there. And we actually put that little, uh, the gumshoe one in there too, with the uh, pencil shavings and so forth. And just to qualify this, Christian was talking about containment one, the quarantine chronicles. What we're working on now is uh, containment breach two, which is, do we, we have an official title yet? Myth Reborn. Myth reborn. Unless I think of something better between now and the release date, but I like this. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, uh, quarantine, uh, containment breach, volume two, myth reborn. So the premise this time, because we don't want to talk about the freaking quarantine anymore. That that therapy need is over now. We yes. just want to <laughs> talk about that shit. Exactly. Yeah. So the concept is that all the creators can either take a famous classic or even modern urban myth and mm. screw with it put it in another time period another place move the characters do a what if with it just do whatever they want to do or they could tell a brand new story that has all the hallmarks of classic mythology all this fairy tale and legend feeling to it and create their own new myth right uh so we put out the call we did a submission contest. We got an incredible response. And so this first one was a zine with like three or four teams in it, right? This one, we wanted to go bigger. Well, we got this incredible response because I've met all these great people in the community. And there are comic artists out there doing unbelievable shit. Then they want to yeah. be seen and we want them to be seen and we want to be seen. And so people came in. And uh, we we picked, we chose the the really the, the coolest stuff that we saw, but they weren't submitting stories because they didn't know what the theme was. All they did was submit a piece of their best work. Once we selected them, so we got a we only had one team apply, and they were great, and we accepted them. Um, and that's uh, uh, J.L. Collins, Jay Sheik, uh, Marissa Brignol, and Leland. Uh, 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 Berg, I'm saying his name wrong. I'm so sorry, Leland. <laughs> you told me how to say it. B J E R J. It's that uh, Scandinavian thing. Bjerg, Bjerg, Bjerg. That's it. Thank you. Uh, see, Leland, I, I, I remembered. Um, but we, <laughs> otherwise, it was all writers and artists separately, and we got to play matchmaker. This is one of my my favorite nights. Uh, James and I having a meeting by Zoom. And uh, uh, with a uh, help of my office bottle, which oh, you, there you by go. the way, this is my big thing right now. Joe got a gun. 
is so good. So good. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It's a okay. I, I, I know where we got right, we're taking out. we're taking a put stop. that on the list put that on the list <laughs> <laughs> so we sat there we got to play matchmaker and it was cool because i've gotten zeroed in on the writers right i'm oh, totally into the artist too but i'm not zeroed in because i'm looking at that as an appreciator i'm zeroed in on the writers as i'm looking just at technique even right james appreciates the writers He's zeroed in on the artist. So we're talking about sensibilities. He's like, you know whose sensibilities would work really well with it? And we put together these teams and every fucking one, every fucking team we put together has been a hit. Like three of them are are working on different projects now. Not that they abandoned us. Uh, <laughs> they were like, fuck you. you <laughs> we're out. No, um, no, they're, they've, they're working on different stuff. Jeffrey Barant, who's got the uh, killer band on Kickstarter right now, is working with Pierre Rose, who's the artist that we paired him with on something else. Now, it's so cool. And we get, so what I've been doing lately is I've been doing interviews that are gonna, we're going to put up on our Fugitive Poems page. Because I just couldn't stand as an Italian not knowing these people. And uh, and they're all awesome. So it's been an incredible thing. And we did the same thing. Every team had to submit a prompt. We mixed them all up. And you've got to do your myth reborn story somehow involving this prompt, this probably ridiculous prompt that you were handed. I got I- Awesome. Oh, man, that's that sounds like a really good time. Could you and if you don't have to, but could you regale us with what you guys may be working on? You don't have to give all the deets, but like a little a little snippet. James, why don't you take that? Because you well, like, why don't you start with the story and then I, I can show some art or something. Oh, yes. Yes. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I love this live show and tell thing Yo, going on. Where Christian is like the it hype is. man. And then James comes in with like, here's the P like Pow. the perfect pitch combo right here. <laughs> yeah. you, can, you can see who's a value in the partnership. You, <laughs> you remember that, that family guy where they were, they had Matt Damon and Ben Affleck writing goodwill hunting and Ben and, Matt's doing all the writing, and Ben's like, "Hey, why don't you put this in there?" He farts, right? But you got James showing off all the art, and I'm like, "I like whiskey." <laughs> that that, uh, that company is going to be our first sponsor. He, there you yeah. go. The whole time, they've been responsible for a great deal uh, <laughs> of, of my not getting work done. Now, uh, <laughs> so I had oh, an idea. And it was one of those ideas that I just wrote down like five words somewhere. Working on distributary, uh, we've got one that's coming uh, called Thermoclines, which has some of the uh, some of my favorite dialogue I have ever written. Just I'm just so excited about it. And James saw it, and he saw it. And there's actually a picture for Thermoclines up on the website, but that's that's a little bit off. We got to get to that. But we've got a bunch of these shorts coming and whatnot. The anthology happens. We come up with, I I literally had a dream where I got the myth reborn. Uh, Actually, it was mythology reimagined is the way it first came to me. I literally one night had a dream of the anthology. Like I was reading it. I was opening it up. Uh, I just, I was so obsessed with doing another one. I had so much fun. And um, so then we, we came up with that idea. And then we did the prompts. Everyone submitted their prompts. And we got the prompt, the hidden truth. 
And I had this story and it was, you know, I'm a lot of, a lot of writers. I have Tellworthy creative writing services. Tellworthy.com is my creative writing service company. I'm a college professor. I'm a writing editor. I'm a writing coach. I work with a lot of writers and so many of them tell me the hardest thing is coming up with a title. I hate coming up with a title. I don't know why I'm a title first guy. (laughs) I'll be in the shower and I get a title in my head. By the time I get out of the shower, I have the story. I, I don't envy you. I so don't much. know why. <laughs> I envy you. I, my sister, uh, 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 I'm just going to hump everybody I know here. At words <laughs> by Savannah. That was terrible timing on the two terms. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> we, <laughs> at words by Sabina. She's a poet. She refuses to title her poems. Like, she's so angry at titles that she won't do them. She's like, the first line is the title. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> I respect no, it, though. Is... I respect it. Um, again, oh. I, I want to thank you guys, though, for coming on Nerds Around, sharing fugitive poems, telling us about oh. your works and everything. And uh, again, we definitely want you guys so to come fun. back on. This is. <laughs> and again, there's, um... there's so much here. There's yeah, so much here. We're, we're like, gonna have a part know, two, part two, half five, we and and we're probably gonna drag in Michael Gracia in here. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> awesome. So wrapping it up real quick, the hidden truth popped this other story back in my head. Mm-hmm. The story was called Delphine. It already had these Greek themes in the background, but I had almost a, a Lovecraft concept going. Ooh. So we're doing a new mythology that has the hallmarks of a classic mythology. So I, I kind of put the two together. Nice. And nice. this is why I told you, James is now sending me creepy pictures of rats. <laughs> ah, it comes Dude. full circle. Yeah, I fucked up a segue, but I did the full circle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Delphine, that you have on your you really your are website right, is going to be is going to be what your piece is going to be. Okay, Delphine is our story. Okay. Ooh. Oh, all right. So this is uh, one of the panels that I happen to have finished. That That's our fantastic. Having some uh, some trouble beyond that. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> the scratches? Like we, we can't say anymore, but uh, this this gives you a feeling of how how corrupt this story is. I'm low-key mad that that's how you guys are leaving us. Like <laughs> here's this, okay, bye. Like <laughs> Yeah, essentially. Oh so here's it, here's the issue. For you, if you that's want it, it by the book. We opened go. we opened this up. This is a rated R book. The first one was this is I told all the creators that here's the line. Don't go past this line. This is and then we went right past right. <laughs> but but yeah, but but they were welcome. Well, it turns out reading all the stories in the book, everyone was in a much more positive m- mind frame apparently than I am. Uh, and then James is. This is going to be like the dark abyss pit of the book. The rest of the stories are, are happy and fun. And then just Delphine's going to come in and fuck up your whole day. There and, we and go. I feel bad for whoever follows us. because going to be like, hey, look at our happy story. And I'm going to be like, sorry, guys. <laughs> I got to show the rat. This is an edition of the rat. Ah, wow. That's the yeah. first time I drew the rat. <laughs> I, lo- I love that that's a picture that you pulled off your wall. Like, can we just... <laughs> Next to another rat, but we won't go into that. Oh, uh, no, but uh, hey, guys, again, for those who are listening, those who are watching, please check out their links in the in the description. Again, Christian, James, I want to thank you guys for coming on, sharing yeah, all the stuff real. with us. Yeah, 
Uh, again, we got to have you guys back on for the live show, too. Again, we got to play catch up with all that. I thank you guys for coming on. This has been another awesome episode of Nerds Around. It's been your boy, Sebastian. It's your boy, Law. Anybody tone from across the hall. 